You know when you were a little kid and you would stay up late at night because you were thinking about something, you were really looking forward to it, like a family vacation, the last day of school, competing in a big sporting event, a big Michigan sporting event? Well, that's exactly the way I feel about this Q2 preview on Monday on premarketprep.com. You got to be there from 10 to noon. Angie Setzer, Todd Gordon, Gene Munster, Cameron Dawson, Craig Johnson, Michael Houston, J.C. Peretz, and Blue Putnam. What more can you ask for? Let's get to our guest at 810, Suji Shaw. He's going to pitch a stock. We got another bottom fisher here. We'll take a look at the charts and listen to his presentation. And PCE at 830. We got a great show for you, folks. Let's go, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting the day out in uh, in the green, up six and a half handles at 40.8650. The buck is up, back over 102, up 28 cents at 102.10. Bonds up just a few ticks at 130 and 12.30 seconds. Crude climbing into the middle, $70 handle, up 56 cents at 74.93. Gold just hanging out at 2K, up 50 cents at 1998.20. Silver has got a new handle on it right for now. It's up a nickel at 2404. And Bitcoin futures are just, they're flat here at 28,190. Triple D, we're going to bring you on here. And are you ready for the PCE data? I will go wide. I'm not ready yet because I'm not going wide here yet. At 828, I will be ready <laughs> because I will go wide. The cancel all button along with all the other HFTs out there. Cancel all 820. They go right to like, the HFTs go to like 829. Yeah. Well, they cancel. You start seeing it go wide a few seconds before. So they probably go 10 So how, what are you thinking? Doing a one, one heck of a rally, I mean, into this. I mean, huh. I mean, huh. If I, you're buying into this off the number, I don't know. I just think it's too big of a rally here. I, I think they sell it if it goes up and they sell it if it goes down. But uh, that's just my opinion. I, I, I think... We've had a pretty good rally so far, but right now this market is the silver lining market here, oh, yeah. Joel. So I'm not going to even guess to the direction here. There's room to the upside. You're still not at the top of the range. And this is really, let's just take it back. Let's take all the news out and just talk technical for a bit. Sometimes, you know, it's good to throw in the whole, you know, and we'll bring it back in there. But just talk technically here, Joel. I mean, we have been in a trading range here really for a long time. We've been in a trading range for the last couple of months. Top of the range, up 41.50, 41.80. Bottom of the range, 3,800. I mean, we're coming in, but we're still 100 points from the top of the range. You're still kind of in the middle a little bit here. It's hard to really, like, I think it's still just the battle between the bulls and the bears. And I think if we get past the banking issues, if we do start to see inflation tick down, there's an argument that the market could continue to go higher. I personally think there's going to be more tape bombs happening, and that's why I still stick with a lot of cash. But so far, you know, I've been wrong in the last couple of weeks because the market has been rallying since then. You know what? Ah, man, I wish you would have been on uh, the closing print with me with Todd Gordon because my, my chart doesn't illustrate it as well. But he pulled up a weekly, and he pulled up a triangle going back. Man, maybe, maybe he got it off these lows. I wish I had it. It definitely came off these highs. And basically – we're where we were at in early 2021. I mean, yeah, we had the excessive rally and we had the excessive dip, yeah. but just to and, and uh, and also with the with the triangle, like we're working our way into the apex of it. And I don't, you know, if, whether it's going to be fundamental news or technical news or earnings, but it would just it just Ill, it really illustrated so well you know, really what the market's been doing. And, uh, you know, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day gyrations and get all excited. But, you know, really, if you look at it, you know, from the, that longer-term perspective, you know, you, you were at 
where we're exactly where we're at. 4,000, uh, 4,000, <laughs> 2,021. But uh, we got our guests coming on in just a few minutes. Sure. So uh, let's, do, let's do the news real quick. Let's ramble through it. Mitch, what you got for us? All right. Let's get to some of the macro talk out there right now. Of course, what is in the macro situation? It looks like Japan Trade Ministry said on Friday that it's going to impose export controls on equipment used for chip manufacturing. Of course, uh, it did not mention China as a target for those measures, but this definitely falls in line with the U.S. push in October to restrict China's ability to produce high-tech chips. Then other mentions out there, China saying that uh, this pressure, this new pressure from the U.S. is actually going to cause them to create their own kind of chip economy. And I think that this is definitely something a lot further down the line that we need to be thinking about, like kind of these trade restrictions with chips. But how do you think this plays out in the long run? Joe, I have no, I have no idea. These, these are big questions here. <laughs> these are for, eight, just, for 807 yeah, in the morning. <laughs> well, you're interviewing the wrong people on that one. Yeah, no, it's uh, more like your to, thoughts, Mitch. Uh, I mean, I mean, just just think about it. Like overall, right? We we first started with a small restriction, right? And we saw other companies kind of mention how they'd have to change some of their chips so that they could continue selling them in China. Um, we saw Nvidia do moves like this, AMD, Micron. Now you're seeing Japan step in a little bit further. And it just seems like we keep playing this battle of where things are being made and how we're going to have to deal with that in the long run. Of course, this is going to be more of a focus towards those tech names, right? Um, for a while there, I saw a lot of semiconductor equipment stocks take a beating off of this news. But take a look at what's been happening as of late. Look at LAM Research for that example, right? You guys can take a look at that. That's LRCX. It's been unbelievable. And look at the run that it's putting in. Is it showing their semiconductor concerns? I don't think so. That's definitely starting to get strong there. And so I know that a lot of people are watching the semiconductor stocks, but don't forget the equipment stocks also as they've been on a big run. I mean, it's just such a huge sector. And on the last, tell you the specifics and jumping into the details of, you know, what affects what and, you know, what, you know, other country doing something. It's it's hard to dig that deep. Um, again, you know, if you're covering just semiconductors, you can jump in and, and get into all that major research there. But I don't need to know all that information. I just need to know what's moving. But you're making a good point. Lamb Research has been, you know, an unbelievable performer here, especially in the last few days, just ripping up here. I mean, it's up 40, 50 bucks here in the last few days. I think just overall, chips are just a hiding place here right now, though, Mitch. And we just go back and, you yeah. know, if you're worried about banks, you're staying, what you want, if you're worried about, you know, banking crisis, you're staying as far away from the banks as you possibly can. So you're going to, one, companies that maybe have a little less debt, two, technology companies. And which brings me to my next point. I don't know if you can show the tweet here, Mitch. I'm kind of yeah, throwing it under can. the bus. Uh, I but I just tweeted out from a great tweet here this morning. Um, trying to bring it up myself. I got from it. Frank Zarilla. He, and I haven't verified the stats, but it sounds right to me. So I'm thinking it's right. According to Bianco Research, Meta, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla. Those eight technology companies account for all of the SPY year-to-date return. They are up 4.76% year-to-date. That means collectively, yeah. the other 492 stocks are down approximately 1%. So, I mean, we can talk about how much we're in a bull market here. We've been in a sideways market, really, for the last couple of months in the majority of the S&P 492 stocks. We've been in a bull market in those eight stocks. Tesla, we know, has doubled. NVIDIA has basically doubled. Microsoft has ripped. Google hasn't gone far, but it's come off the lows. Meta, we know, has doubled from the lows. This is the reason the S&P is holding up well. If you go into the IWM, you see a completely different picture. IWM sitting near the year lows. Obviously, 2,000 companies there, a lot of smaller caps, some banks, you know, a little more weighted into there. So, I mean, it's the tale of two markets here right now. The S&P has been a poor indice for a long time because it's just too weighted those big names we know the big names make up like 27 or 28 percent of the index so the top 10 the other 490 make up the rest so s p is a tough index but 
overall in the U.S., the stocks have you know struggled here. But you know that's not the same story overseas. J.C. Perret's making a good point here this morning. Um, I was just talking to him on Twitter, and he's telling about how Europe's doing pretty well, and European stocks have come back from the lows. One thing to consider, I don't know if you're listening, JC, but the one thing to consider is that European stocks have been down for relatively, relative to the U.S. stocks for a long time. So, I mean, we can say all of our markets are correlated, but in the longer run, they haven't been. I mean, you know, look at the VGK. It's gone nowhere for basically, you know, if you go farther out, my chart goes out seven years here. But if you go further out than that, a lot of the European stocks have gone nowhere for a long time. A lot of the China stocks have gone nowhere for a very long time. U.S. stocks have been straight up in the last 10 years. So, again, you can look to Europe and you can look. And at certain times, our markets become very interconnected. Our markets become very uh, much correlated. Those are times when we have major geopolitical risk, macro concerns. Banking crisis can link it all together. You know, obviously, they're blaming us for Credit Suisse, which I think is a little bit of a stretch because Credit Suisse has its own problems. But just telling you, you can get a lot of different pictures depending on which index you're looking at. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to get out of the macro talk and the tech talk. And guess what? Joel got another surprise up his sleeve. Oh, goodness. You guys know how he is. Let's get to it. Our guest of the day. We have a sophomore from Crystal Lake, Illinois, studying business with a minor in mathematics, Sujeev Shaw. Sujeev, how you doing today? I'm pretty good, Joel. Thanks for the intro. Sujeev, by the way. but Sujeev, I'll get it Sujeev. right. It's so a hard why, one. It's a hard why'd one. you come to Michigan? Well, I came to Michigan because, I mean, it's it's pretty much everything. You know, I in high school, I was someone who uh, I went to this tiny high school outside of Chicago where I could do a little bit of everything, captain of the math team, but also played four years of football. So Michigan, I think, really encapsulates that. It's work hard, play hard, best school in the world, if you ask me. So that's why I'm do, here, and I'm, I'm loving it. Do you have your favorite Michigan sports moment? I mean, there's been a lot of good moments over the last couple of years. I was pretty lucky. I was in uh, in town for when we beat Ohio State last year. Um, skipped my sister's birthday to go to that game, actually. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm very happy I did. Um, okay. So All right, let's get to your stock. What what stock are you going to pitch for us? Sure. So it's a, it's a television station company called Gray Television. Mm. Um, let me share my screen here, but it's a, a pretty interesting investment opportunity, I think. Um, and I can walk you guys through it. Um, let's let's see if no this works. Take a second there. Uh, G, we're talking GTN is the ticker, right? Yeah. Can you guys see All this? Right. Yeah, I'll get you up right now. Yeah, show have them show a screen. Go ahead and uh, get it to like presentation mode shirt. if you can on the the screen here, so you can so we can yeah and not see your your whole good stuff there. Where was that presentation mode at? Oh, I got you. It should be at the top there. Ah, uh, here we go. There we Boom. go. Now we're good. We got you. All right. So let me Big talk to you this. Um, happy to take any questions if they come up during it, but also, you know, mm-hmm. happy to take questions after too. Yeah. Um, but so the ticker is GTN. It's great television. Um, currently trading at 857. Um, that's, that's pre-market for you guys, but, uh, it's, it's uh, I've got a 79% upside on it and I'll kind of walk you through how I came up with that. Um, but first for a little context on the company, the nation's largest owner of top rated local television stations. Um, in the sense that in the markets that they're in, which is 113 markets throughout the country, they're usually either the first or second ranked by audience viewership um, television station in that area. Um, they're really a dominant player and they put a lot of emphasis on quality. Um, but so some of their other key publicly traded competitors are Tegna, Scripps, Sinclair, Nexstar. Um, and then just for a little background on where their revenue comes from, 51% is advertising. is something called retransmission consent that gets into licensing, but really the crux of this pitch focuses on advertising, um, which is obviously a very significant portion of their revenue. Um, And then just to help you guys visualize it, what they do is, so there'll be like a local television station that'll syndicate something like a local um, channel for CBS or Fox. So these are some examples of their channels um, here. And so then, their 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 money will come from advertisers on the one hand and then they'll also have you know viewers who and they're getting money through 
companies like DirecTV or Comcast paying them licensing fees on the other end of it. But again, we're focused on that left side, the advertisers. Um, and then just for a little context on what the stock's been doing, they missed on Q3 earnings back in the fall, dropped uh, a pretty big amount. But then after beating on Q4 earnings, they kept dropping. Um, and so there's a little bit of persistent bearishness on this stock, which you ask me just creates a, an even better buying opportunity for us. Um, and so what the thesis here is, is that the market is understating Gray's competitive advantage that stems from its leading exposure to the newly developing political battleground states. So two pieces of context on that. The first is understanding that political advertising spend in election years is a massive revenue driver for companies like Gray and companies in their industry. Um, it's something that um, people put a pretty close watch on within the market. Um, in fact, Gray in their 2021 10K, they mentioned the word political 37 times. And it's with good reason as in 2020, 18% of their entire revenue comes from political advertising alone. Um, and so this is something that has the potential to move the stock, make an impact on their bottom line. And so definitely something to keep an eye on. And another trend that's going on within that is that the amount of political advertising spend over each election cycle has like ballooned and exploded massively over the last few years. So between the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections, 332% growth in spending. This is in the, you know, 10 billion uh, range. Um, and the other thing is, if we tried to segment it, you'll see that broadcast, which is the area that Gray plays in, has maintained um, share very well, while, you know, cable has kind of slowed in terms of its revenue share. Then the second important piece of um, context, and this is really important as we think about Gray, is the idea that what we traditionally know as swing states is pretty rapidly changing. So, you know, in the past, Ohio, Florida, this is a map from 2012. Those used to be our swing states. I don't think anyone would call those um, hotly contested states anymore. Ohio just had the largest like margin of victory for that Republican governor there. Florida, uh, you know, DeSantis has a pretty strong hold on that. So the map of what states kind of decide that road to the White House has changed over the last couple elections. Now you have places like Arizona and Georgia that are some of the most hotly contested elections. Um, and what I noticed as I compared the number of stations within these new battleground states from Gray versus its competitors is that Gray has the most exposure to these new battleground states, Arizona and Georgia. And if we look at the full universe of these four states that will really decide the election, they also have the most exposure in terms of stations and coverage in that area, um, which sets them up very well to take advantage of this trend of new battleground states and election spending. And so the thing is, um, understanding that battleground states and what those are has a pretty massive effect on actual like revenue and top line performance. So for example, you look at Georgia, just four races between 2020 and 2022 there drew in $1.4 billion, which is 8% of all election spending between those two years. Um, and so that's because those those small, like previously localized races there actually have a, the potential to impact the country as a whole. And so now you'll have money coming in from all across the country, trying to decide those key gubernatorial elections, the, those key Senate elections that have gone to runoffs because they have the potential to drive, really change what happens on Capitol Hill. But then also because those are so close that every dollar actually makes a difference there. And so that's something that really sets them up um, for success relative to their competitors who have less exposure to these markets. But what I'm seeing is that the market is continuing to understate the advantage that this can have in terms of Gray's performance. So what I did was I put together my own revenue build for Gray and I used consensus estimates for every segment of their revenue, except for 2024 and 2026, um, political advertising sales. And so to create my estimates for those two, those two years, I looked at what the market estimated as political advertising revenue for broadcast TV. And then I looked at what Gray's share of that has been over the last couple of years. I saw that that's been increasing pretty steadily, 6.2% in 2018, all the way up to 11.4% in 2022. 
And I realized that that was likely the result of the fact that they have leading exposure to these states where you have most money coming in. And so I, I kind of estimated that this would kind of continue to keep increasing where they're having up to 14, 16% share in these next election cycles. And so using that estimate and then knowing that, you know, how much spend is going to be higher in those years based on just market estimates, I created um, a very different view of what political advertising sales for Gray would be in 2024 and 2026. And I saw that that actually led to a pretty material impact to their entire total sales and their EBITDA performance in those years. And so what I did was I put together a DCF and looked at what is the market seeing as the kind of the outlook for the stock versus using my numbers, what's the real outlook for the stock. And I saw that, you know, using all consensus estimates for revenue, the market's looking at, you know, a 27% downside on the stock. But based off of our understanding of the strength of these, um, this political advertising um, revenue potential for them, there's a 76%, um, I think it's 79% where the stock price is at today, um, percent upside for the stock, um, which is, you know, significantly improved um, the outlook versus what the street is seeing. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to go into more of some of the analytics I did there and some of the, the modeling I did, but just for some, you know, just to address some risks and I'm happy to take any more questions. But, you know, in the case, the battleground shift again seems unlikely given that they just shifted. But Gray is pretty diversified nationally. In 2024, they have um, exposure to 26 out of the 34 Senate races that are happening. Um, they have exposure to nine of the 11 states with gubernatorial races. So they are truly a national player that's going to benefit and profit off of races across the country. And then in terms of interest rate exposure, you'll notice that companies in this industry tend to have a lot of debt on their balance sheets. Makes sense because it is so capital intensive. But they entered into interest rate caps a couple, uh, last month, which will eliminate their further exposure to rising rates. And then they don't have any debt walls or maturities coming up until 2026. And with um, their pretty strong cash flow, they have a pretty uh, stated announced goal of deleveraging their balance sheet, which is something to look forward to. Um, so now I'm happy to take any questions. I have some slides prepared um, in terms of an appendix that might help answer that. But yeah, I mean, happy to take anything from you guys, the audience, however it works. You're on mute, Dennis. You're on mute, Dennis. I'm I got him mute. for you, Joel. Well, he was talking so well, I didn't want to make sure I didn't like <laughs> interject here. So just a jeep. Um, fantastic presentation, by the way. I love the yeah. way you know you went outside the box. You kind of crunched your own numbers, did some own research. The biggest problem I have, and I know this company, I do follow this company, is streaming. Mm -hmm. This is a cord-cutting um, disaster, really, for gray television. I mean, as they were cutting cords, Gray Television has suffered, and there is absolutely no doubt that this stock has continued to go down over the course of the last year or two because cord cutting is increasing. Is there potential for them to move into streaming? I mean, this is why I would stay, I personally would stay away from this stock, is because I feel like as we continue to look at streaming plays, that it's going to eat their lunch. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, actually. So if you look at, you know, some of their most recent investor presentations, you realize that they're actually um, capitalizing on this move to streaming and they're they're taking a lot of strategic moves to not be left behind. So what Gray does as a local like news provider is they've actually they have like a thousand channels across these streaming platforms. So you can go on YouTube TV and watch, you know, your local Gray channel there. Um, and so that's a new way for them to adapt. And so where I think there is a lot of concern with some of these cable com um, cable companies where yeah, there's really not much use for it. Local news is a little bit different where there is no real alternative in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, streaming platforms. And Gray is positioning themselves to kind of fill in that gap. And as people move to streaming, Gray's right there waiting for them. So if you look at some of those investor presentations, you'll see they have a thousand channels. And those are, those are um, that provides kind of a new revenue opportunity for them and something that'll, you know, help them make that transition. And so I don't think they'll be left behind there. Then the other thing is just in the context of this pitch, you know, we're looking at a um, pretty short term kind of fundamental mispricing in the market. So I think in the near term, in, you know, the next year or so, that's really what will drive kind of movement in the stock. Um, it's the mispricing there. Whereas, you know, yeah, this is definitely something to keep an eye on this kind of secular shift. But I think that's much more of a longer term trend over the next, you know, five, 10 years. So 
I think in the long term, you know, obviously. Suji, I'm going to hop in here real quick. Yeah. Because uh, we got a PC number coming up. Mitch, you got a you got a quick question for him, and we'll wrap things up. I, I'll just I'll just point to what I see there, and it's um, at least they are moving closer and closer to programmatic advertising with platforms like you see on the screen. This is from their investor presentation. Um, so I'm with you at least on the outlook that they could continue to grow into that advertising revenue. Um, especially if they're just going to streamers like this. So how Dennis mentioned, could they go to the streamers? It looks like that's what they're pivoting they, a they lot need to. on. This so is what, and they're, they're doing a combination. They do. this they're is doing a combination with that. And just to mention, there's also the must carry rules that help them also with those mm -hmm. local channels, right? You kind of have to keep those local channels on. So no matter what, you could get those for free, right? But mm -hmm. it, you have to have those, right? So I think that that will help them continue to grow and moves into OTT and connected TV platforms that I could definitely see them continuing to help them. Okay. Grow. Thanks, Mitch. And thank you, Dennis, with the question. Suji Shaw presenting great television. Uh, you got a lot of, you got a lot of heat on that one, but you handled everything really well. Thanks for coming <laughs> on and uh, we'll follow this real closely. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks Have for having me. Take great care. Go blue. Yeah. All right. Ahead. Let's go. Let's uh let's preview the PCE number. Let's do here. it. Let's do it. I'm gonna bring in Benzinga Pro, of course. You guys smash the like button. Let's keep it going here, team. I'm sharing my screen, just trying to get the pulling it up here. Let's go ahead. I was just shifting over. I was taking a look at that GTN. All right, let's go <laughs> to this. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming right now. We're gonna get a lot of numbers coming in here. Yeah, um, let me set it to today. I was looking at yesterday for the earnings. Here we go, here, team. Let's let's get to it. Of course, uh, we're going to get PCE, core PCE, lots coming in at this 830. You can see it all right here. I'm going to highlight it for us. PC, PCE month over month is consensus is 0 0.4 prior 0 0.6. Year over year estimate 4.7 and 4.7 was the prior reading. Of course, we got to take a look to see what happens here with uh, kind of personal spending. Uh, that was the consensus at 0 0.3 prior 1.8. But there could be more coming in here all at the same time. So pay attention, team. There's going to be a lot coming in here at the 830 spot. This is going to be a market mover. It's not going to be like yesterday. You're going to see some movement here. I'm going to actually go off here in about 30 seconds. I'm definitely going to go wide here as well because this is going to be a market mover here. Um, we see something hot we're in trouble so it's hot or not yeah, that's I what agree. it is yeah that's all that matters here this is a data point that the fed does look at obviously not as big as the cpi to the broad market but it's significant so we're going to see some movement here so i'll be back with you guys in hopefully a few minutes all right so you guys see it here dennis might go wide for a little bit get ready for the action and of course core pce um was one that we saw go to 4.7 and the consensus is 4.7 so it's right in line from last reading that's what i'm going to be paying attention to a lot here it can the core kind of go up or down that's going to make a big difference i think here and of course just overall year over year consensus 5.1 prior 5.4 so expected to go down about 0.3 there month over month is at 0.5 prior 0.6 let's see what happens here it's about to hit at 8 30 and of course the algos might be jumping the gun here. So I'm going to put up Joel's screen. We'll take a look at the action. Like always, you guys can comment in the chat. Let us know if you guys see the number first. Sometimes you guys can beat us too, right? We'll see what happens here. All right. It is so quiet here ahead of the number. Pre-market high, 94 and a quarter. Not much up there, folks. Uh, uh, the daily highs. What do we have for daily highs here? We have... A daily high uh, at 0150. What do you got for me, Mitch? It looks like we're out here. Is it a little bit soft? Uh, we'll see right here. It's coming in here. Don't see it just yet. Wow, the algos are jumping. They tried to make a new high here at 94 and a quarter. We're hanging out here. It looks like it's a little bit soft. People are anticipating a soft number here. We just made haven't made a new high yet. Let's see what the number is. All right, waiting here. There They're we go. It. Core so 0.3 versus 0.4. So core PCE coming down here. PCE year over year at 5.0% versus a 5.1% estimate. 
prior was 5.4. So that's looking good, at least here. PCE month over month, 0.3 versus 0.5 estimate. These are all looking to me good numbers showing inflation wow. coming down. So you could see a rip to the upside. What are we seeing, Joel? Yeah, you're ripping here. We just made a new pre-market high uh, over 94.50. 98.50 is the current high. Nothing up here except for daily highs. So everyone leaning long into this report is being rewarded. So far, sellers haven't stopped in here yet. Uh, we're moving up, trying to get into the 4K area. Uh, we will see. I mean, there's nothing here. I have a daily high at 0150. That was your uh, daily high from March 7th. But uh, right now, uh, they're liking it. It's really personal income I see just ticked up a little bit. Uh, but everything, everything's peachy keen with the market, Mitch. And that's, that's what I got. What other details do you have? Yeah, I mean, all the numbers coming in here, even personal spending 0.2 versus 0.3. So that came in a little bit lower, but doesn't look bad. Every number, at least from me here, showing that inflation coming down on the PCE numbers. That's going to be a good thing, at least for the Fed that just decided to kind of slow down a little bit, right? They went 25 basis points. Does this help them in the next meeting not have to raise rates? That's one question I think you're getting a jump on uh, right now. And I think that we'll see from the CME Fed tool what that says in about five or six minutes. But that's one thing that I could immediately go to. This, this could be the mention that now you'll see people say, yes, completely done raising interest rates. And you could see tech continuing to climb. This is why uh, last week a little part of me was feeling like we could get into this FOMO mode. Where like, you know, tech stocks just keep running, 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 and everyone feels like they're missing out. Now it's going to be a little bit tough to chase this trade. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing here. I was uh, as far as like sellers uh, up, sellers down right now. Buyers are just persisting here. Strong bid in the S&Ps. We did don't see any resistance. The 4K level is just a little bit of a psychological level. Uh, above this 41.0150, that was your March 7th high. Nothing in there until your March 6th high. And that comes in at 41.1950. So uh, rally into the number and rally after the number. That's really the only way you could put it. I don't know how this is going to really affect uh, the Fed tool. How long does that uh, take for Mitch for that to come out? That's uh, about like seven minutes late right now. I'm just refreshing it right now just to try to get us as close to real time as possible. Uh, yeah, we still need about six minutes left here for that to kind of switch over. I don't okay. pay attention to it till it tells me that the data is reading past 830, right? Because if it doesn't have the data as access to it, Right. Um, of course. You know There's what? No there was one thing that. about uh, Powell, Powell when he was uh, speaking uh, last week. And he just like just the things that he said, obviously, you know, royals and markets and everything. But he just I, I don't know his demeanor. You know, you look at people like, mm -hmm. you know, when they're speaking and and what their tone was. And it just I don't know. It, it seemed, you know, after all the heat with all the things he did, it seemed like he just kind of had a, like a quiet confidence. Like he didn't actually know these numbers. But I, I just kind of kind of had that feeling that uh, there was something good coming on down the line. So uh, this is what we needed uh, to get the market, uh, you know, another leg higher so far, mm -hmm. uh, holding on to the gains. And so uh, everyone's been rewarded. Uh, I'll bring in a conversation wait, 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 that I've wait. talked about weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to interject here. Wait, okay. this isn't this is this is a number, but this isn't like, oh, my gosh, inflation is beaten here. It's slightly. We're talking a tick. This is a thing, though. This is right? almost if, an inline number. Yeah, but so, if we're 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 starting to view like some of the things that are going on as de disinflationary, right? It, it's actually affecting inflation, and then we're seeing inflation head down. I'm just jumping where that I think the narrative is going to go towards no rate increases from here on out, Dennis. And, and it's already been there. I mean, we've already kind of went to, you know, like kind of, yeah. Of some people were still kind of in. thinking. Let's just 25. take, but we got to look at the whole, you know, look at it all together here. I mean, it isn't like, oh yeah, we've beaten inflation. Let's just rip rally to all time highs here. Now we've come a long ways on this narrative that we have beaten inflation. This is a data point that helps support that narrative. So I agree with you there, but we're not talking like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we've beaten inflation here. We're talking a tick. We're talking yeah. a tick. 
So that's what, that's literally, what give us those right? numbers here again. We're talking 0.1%. So, yeah, yeah it was a good number. It's, it's a good data point. It gives the Bulls some more food here for thought. And I do think we got room up to the 410. But to come in here, just rah, rah, bullish, we're going all-time highs. And not that you guys were saying that, but, you know, what people can read into, you know, like this is the data point we needed. This is it's, – it's a data point that helped. This isn't, sure. you know, the, the data point that everything has changed all of a sudden, though. I'm just looking at we're, – we're gauging what the market's reaction was to it, whether the yeah. market's reaction to it is It's not great, Joel. Not. We're, we're, we're up 50 cents. We're up five points. This isn't like a, wow, this market is ripping on this number. We have seen some crazy numbers. So this market reaction is somewhat, and I will say it's somewhat disappointing. It's so, somewhat disappointing because we did have a light number. If the Bulls are going to run with it, this was 4.6 versus the 4.7. This was a light number. But we're not up much. Well, you guys said it yesterday, right? This market was running because we didn't have bad news, right? Well, this isn't bad news, right? Can it just continue to run with this? Maybe, but I'm not seeing this rip-roaring algos buying here. So that's what I'm just trying to cool cool it off just a little bit here you know the the bull talk because you know you guys three four minutes and you're guys going roll around bullish so i think is a decent number it's another data point it's good news for the market but this isn't like wow this was a serious beat on inflation here this was a seriously good month where stuff is coming in so besides the point obviously the market has bigger things fish to fry here now too i still think the banking Mm -hmm. issue is the biggest issue but um I, I just think that's where, I just don't think we're rip roaring rallying back to the 420 level on that, this number. That's where I think Dennis, and I know that you are worried about the bank situation, and I know it could be because I'm just younger, but I feel like if we keep worrying about the banking situation, that it's going to come, that it's going to come, that it's going to come, then we could be missing out on a really big opportunity. We already missed here it. In tech. We're, we're, we're look what we've done. I mean, if you're and, and coming so, in and buying stocks now. Microsoft is up literally 10% here in 10 trading days. NVIDIA has doubled this year, basically doubled from 140 to 280. Tesla has doubled from 100 to 200. We've missed it, Mitch. You've missed it. I've missed it. I'll say it. But if I come in and buy stocks right now that this is it, this is the bull market, we are going back to all-time highs – I think I could get caught again. This is how everybody sounded back in February. And what happened then? We sold back off. So maybe, just maybe, we're in a trading range and not this rah-rah bull market that Tesla and NVIDIA makes us believe. What uh, What did you see? I mean, so the, the, the price action, I'm looking at some of these stocks. The stocks, how did they react to it? I mean, I see Apple up a little bit. I mean, Apple, Microsoft, Google. I mean, you're right. Um, they're up. They're up margin. They're up fractionally here. I see Nvidia is actually in the red. So um, the futures probably maybe overreacted. Maybe the stocks even do. a five point move. This is an underreaction, Joel. I mean, that's why we can't get so excited when we see a five-point move. When we just rallied 100 handles in two days, and now we're going to get excited about a five-point S and P pop. We were four. Where were we? We were seven. We're up seven points from when the number came out. Not even six points from where the number came out. This is not an overreaction. This is an underreaction. I'm actually surprised the market is not up more. I'm actually surprised the market is not up more on this. To your point, what's Nvidia doing in the red by a buck fifty? If we're going rah rah, we beat inflation. Isn't that a green light to buy tech? What's Microsoft doing in the red? Or it's just it's up. Green yeah, just Microsoft now. is up. A it little just bit. went to green. Apple's in the red. I'm right. just going through them one by one here. The Qs are, are, are underperforming the S&P here right now. So if we're raw, I'm raw, just... inflation is beaten here, it's not showing up from the initial algo action. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I, I just think at this point, you, the initiative kind of changed and it wasn't the focus of inflation. I know that Jerome Powell still mentioned that inflation is the focus here, but I think as long as these numbers don't come in just spiking hot, you can continue climbing the wall of worry. And so as long as the banking situation doesn't come, are we going back into what's really a bull market? That's why I refer to this throwback look so much. And we still got, I know that you guys hate it, but the bullish cross 
still shows chance for the what we call the expansion move higher. I'll show you guys what that is. Here is a golden cross. Stage two, you get the cross. You usually get a decline right after that. And then we go into stage three, which is the uptrend. Are we going into go back that, to that uptrend? chart? What is that chart? Go back it, to this chart. What the hell is that chart? This is what just, are we talking this is, about? This, this is what's this under, explore? What are you showing? So here? this is the stages of a golden cross. This is AMC. It, it, it it's not a, it's not a matter about what stock it is. You can show it on what any is stock. this? This is AMC so, here, Mitch. I mean, I can show go you two back. on Leave different the chart stock. up there, please, because. We we can't say that nor, that's a normal market that that's an uptrend. We're just talking about the explode. golden crosses. Though, the what I'm trying to say this it. is a very poor chart for that match because if you're looking at the downtrend, I mean, leave it up I, I can please. I can look please, at another chart up there. there I'm trying you. to explain something. Okay, downtrend, let's 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 cross, let's just look at uptrend, let, let, and all let's... of a sudden it's rocket ship mode. That's not typical of an overall market here. So I'm just saying stage three doesn't look like that. Stage three doesn't look Stage like three doesn't need to look like this. this. It just needs to be an uptrend. Let's, let's just price. look at it. Let's just like look at it. What is is what's taking place in the price action, right? Because that's what we're here to, to talk about. And the the initial price action was they took the market up, right? And we've seen mm -hmm. a lot of different scenarios in the markets, right? What happens in the pre-market? What happens in the regular session? Sometimes could be two totally different things, right? And so that is, we, you know, we, we reacted to the, to the price action, which was higher. Dennis is not that impressed with it. Now we got to look forward. What, you know, what is going to happen when there was a lot more liquidity coming in at nine 30 and Dennis, you, you think that this is another selling opportunity because no, the numbers weren't no, that good. No, no, I didn't say that at all. No? I didn't say anything about that. I said, I'm actually disappointed that the market is not up more. It's beat okay. by a tick. But I'm just saying I can't get in the raw raw bull train here. That's all I'm saying. But Dennis, you, I know Dennis, but all this other stuff that's been going on, you haven't been on it either. So we're not expecting you. What did I just you, say? We didn't, just we're not expecting you to be raw raw Mitch, bull, and Dennis. Mitch has been wrong too. We have both been very okay. wrong to be bearish. You know, we got bullish. I got bullish the first week of January. I didn't stay bullish. You know, I was absolutely correct in February, but now again we're moving back up here. So I have been definitely too cautious. Okay. But let's give a perspective here. Bring up the IWM, please. I, because IWM it's eight bloody stocks that you guys yep. are looking at that are driving the market here, the S&P. Look at the IWM, please, and tell me that we are in an uptrend. Please, on bring up that chart. Show me. Show me the uptrend here. Show me the bull market. Because that's the last eight months. And it looks to me like we've gone nowhere. It looks to me like we've chopped. It looks to me like we've got the range trading that we've been talking about here. The range, buying the dips, selling the rips, shorting the rips, buying the dips. People are going to say I've been wrong. And yes, I've been underinvested and I've been wrong on Tesla and NVIDIA. I did not think they could have these kind of moves. On the overall market, I take offense to saying I've been wrong because I think we've been in a trading range, which we've been talking about. So I think we just got a heated battle between the bulls and the bears and you guys are going bullish. I'm still staying in the bear camp because I think there's more things coming. But again... This heated battle that we've talked about this a hundred times on this show, there's been a heated battle between the bulls and the bears. And the heat you're feeling right now between me and you guys is what is happening in the overall market as well. We definitely don't have a victor here. There's no bull market just rah, rah, rip, roaring higher here, but there's no bear market really rip, roaring and killing you lower. You know who's making money is the option sellers, the premiums, yeah, the premium. because we really haven't went anywhere. So that's why it's still a heated battle because neither of us are right. Nobody has been right here yet because we haven't gone anywhere. So we really haven't gone anywhere. So I just think we're coming back up near the top of the range. And I don't want to start going rah, rah, buy stocks now because we just rallied significantly here. So that's all. I'm just saying let's not you know get all excited because PCE beat by 0.1%. I think we need to, you know, just cool off a little bit and analyze where we are okay. and what and, and the overall macro picture, which is still full of uncertainty. And I understand that uncertainty. But one thing that I clearly say is I think that you're thinking that we get a downturn because of the banking situation. And I think that yes. at that point, 
I think right there, I think your uncertainty is higher than what the market is showing us. For sure. The price action in the market is just forget the banks. They don't even matter. That's what well, the, that's I, I what the market is showing that. us. I wish, and again, that's maybe what the they market don't matter. And, and here, so here's a way to trade that is maybe it's just long tech and short IWM, or maybe it's long tech because I've said this yesterday mm-hmm. on Mark Chicken. Maybe there's I think a hedge. Maybe tech wins no matter what. Because if we go into a banking crisis, tech's going to hold up better. And if we, and this is why tech is outperforming because of this. And if we go into, you know, no banking crisis, but, you know, the Fed's still easing because, you know, we're starting to get inflation ticked down, then tech wins there too. So I think tech just outperforms. And that's what the market keeps telling us here. So I'd be a buyer pullback on tech, but I just can't get in this row, row, bull camp, buy everything. So that's where I'm at. But I'm still, I'm underinvested. Yeah. You know, and but I, I, I don't think I've been wrong yet. I don't think either. I don't think anybody's been right yet. I don't think we've went anywhere. So it's hard to say Dennis is wrong or Mitch is wrong or Joel is wrong or the chat is wrong or Mark I mean, Shaken is wrong. It's I hard mean, to say that because well, you know what? We haven't gone anywhere yet. We're still in the middle of it. What did I earlier, you know, earlier in the week, I said, you know, I so far the only one who's made an official call on the market was me in <laughs> calling the top. Okay. And I did not <laughs> move true. off that, okay? And I said I was going to wait until Friday to decide, okay? So Friday is not over yet. We got a lot of trading going on. We got the end of the quarter. We've had a big rally. There's a lot of things that are going on. We're just going to have to see how the day ends. Right now, I, you know, it uh, uh, that call's looking okay. It's not looking as good as it did at, like it, it when uh, the market was at 3,800. So, you know, it is what it is. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting day. Always you got to look to follow through through the pre-market high at 98.50. And so far, we barely went red on the session. Right now, right now, at this second, the market is saying is taking this as a positive slant. Not a super over positive slant, yeah. but it, the trend has been up lately. And this is just a continuation of the trend whether or the short-term trend for a small group of stocks in the S&P 500. Well noted that Apple is red. Well noted that Microsoft is red. Google's flat. NVIDIA's down. These were your leaders. No one is rushing out to buy those. There's no doubt about it. So um, that's that's where I stand on this. And uh, Michael Berry said he was wrong to say so. Oh, I, yeah. Did you see that, Dennis? <laughs> yeah, I think he's actually turning at the exact wrong spot because I do. he hasn't been wrong. He it, actually said it when Burry's we were Barry's coming in, man. We were higher than this when he said that. We were 410, and then we went up to 417. Everybody says he's an idiot, and Kramer's right. And then we tanked down to 380. We've just come back full circle here. So I think stay convicted with your call. I still think there's troublesome times ahead. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong. Hey, people, I don't have a crystal ball. I could be wrong, and maybe we just climb the wall of worry. I've said this multiple times. There is a bull thesis here. That's why it's such a battle here. But my argument is stocks aren't cheap. I have a lot of, you know, I have some geopolitical risk, but I have a lot of you know, banking risk still out there. The banks are sitting on the lows. Bring yeah, up what's the going on with here. the banks What's today? the KRE doing? Why is, why if we're in such a bull market, why is a KRE not rip or on higher? Why is the lower. KRE hanging out here? What, what, well, Mitch, do you think the market continues to go higher if this KRE breaks down again? Do you think it? That, that's where it's just all about the backstopping of the government. I think that shores up any concern here. That's what I, I, I think. think so. that, I could be wrong too. I could be wrong too. It's I've, fine I'm if it's usually, a couple little regionals. And, and you know me, I'm usually leaning on the uncertainty side, you know, like China, Taiwan, right? But in this case, I just feel like whenever the government steps in and says, we will do at all costs and push back any uncertainty back at all costs. I've seen it in the market. Those are buying opportunities. Same thing happened in the pandemic to me. I was like, no, we're all, we're all inside and we're going we're gonna to close everything. The market should just continue tanking. But then the government came out and said, at all costs, we'll push it back. And what did we do? We just started climbing that wall of worry, wall of worry wall of worry and it never came back down 
I, I'm, I'm just, this, I'm just saying why we have in a this history, here. right? So you're officially moving to the bull camp today because you've been in the bear camp with me. So I just want to clarify that you're moving to the bull camp. I've, I've honestly been, and everyone can know this because of my other show, Start Swing Trading. I've been saying it. I have not felt in tune with the market. I'm just trying to pay attention to the price action. Are you feeling more in tune now? I'm just, I'm curious. Because still not in, in tune. Still not in but tune. You're still neutral or bullish. I'm, I'm, I'm neutral to bullish because of the levels that we keep holding above the bearish channel. And as long as we stay above that bearish channel, the throwback and extension up can still happen. And if that's there, I can't be bearish unless, at least for me, technically wise, we break through that three nine. I think I think there's a lot, a lot. I'm like, wait, that is good points about not getting too excited about this number because there are other numbers coming up. We got we got earnings season coming up. Companies are going to have to justify their prices that they're trading at with earnings, with guidance. We are historically trading at a high valuation. Um, also, and you got to think about it. Now, with everything, all these layoffs and everything, I mean, when is that going to start showing up in the unemployment data? Eventually, eventually that's going to start showing up. And then it's going to be a question of recession or just a, a, a slowdown. And there's got to be, there's going to be an effect of what the Fed is doing. And we're not seeing it yet in the, in the jobs number, but no, it, technically. We're not so, seeing much of the doubt at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they say they're data dependent. You're right. This one good number. SPs have come off the have come off the high. Uh, you're still finding buyers. You're still up nine and three quarter, nine and a half handles at 40, 89, 50. So you got a little bit of a little bit selling into that rally. And as uh, you know, Dennis mentioned that you know the stocks are not are not that happy. We'll see. See what happens in the regular session. Do we? Nobody we knows did, anything. I get right. back to that. We don't know. And this is just a battle. This is a good conversation here. And I know some people mm -hmm. in the chat appreciate yeah. it. Other people just want me to shut up, which is 20% of the chat has always hated me. I think half of it likes me. 20% oh, absolutely hate me hates more, me. Dennis. And 30 don't think you get 30 hate. 30% hate me? Is it 30% that hate you, me? You don't get to cover the hate. I, they hate me more <laughs> than they hate you. <laughs> don't be such a pig on the hateness. That, How that much do me. they hate me? What's the percentage? Don't chat? worry. What's I'm the, the kid the here. <laughs> no, no, everyone loves you, Mitch, because we've on you all. Dennis oh, they're saying you. they love me. They, the, no, the, they the don't. 80 I think there's 60 or 70 that like me. Like me. Nobody I, loves I'll me. tell you what. I've learned, man. It, it that's what it's about. If you're giving real opinions and transparency, oh yeah, some people's gonna love you. Some people gonna hate you. That's just the story of it. I, I've actually, it's a great point here, Mitch. When you oh. talk to somebody about their money, and oh, you're on yeah. the opposite side of their opinion, they hate you. That applies not just on a podcast. That applies everywhere in life. You sit in mm -hmm. a room, you know, with somebody that likes Bitcoin. You say Bitcoin is stupid. They hate you. Like die. They really, the crypto people really hate you. So, you know, if you want to make friends, don't talk about their money. At you least, know what, or go you know, with their opinion. They love you when you agree. They hate you when you don't. Can I give you <laughs> some other life advice that's very important? Please. Don't tell people how to raise their kids. Oh, oh no, 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 yeah. no, no. That is true, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Like, that just is, that's away. maybe the most important thing that we just said here today. That's Lesson maybe the of the day. Yeah. Pre-market yeah, Boy, oh, boy, man. Because you just... You, that's, All right. You well, really can piss people off that way. Oh, let, yeah. Let, let's That'll get to piss stocks. people off a lot more than talking about their money. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the stocks, team. Let's go What's, to if stocks we, to watch Trade Zero is going to love their segment today because they're getting all the stock talk let's get it let's, let's go, go. Let's do it. all right team let's get to the action let's start talking of course we're going to start it off with rum here um as we'll be watching this stock of course rum. it is up after the earnings q4 sales surprise beat here by about 10 million 20 million beat the 10.18 million estimate average uh global monthly active users increased 80 million up 142 percent year over year of course this also could be moving off of the trump news of course trump has been indicted by manhattan grand jury for his alleged role in committing a crime according to the washington post so we could see rum continuing to rum run rum on this um so we'll see what happens here i know that uh kind of you got to watch out for that ten dollar spot we've been 
kind of trying to get above that ten dollar yeah. spot every time we got up there we kind of failed last time we were up here in december uh was that january january time so let's see if we can get past those levels now what do you see here Joel? 10 to 10 feet i i totally agree with you here 10 had been a roadblock for quite some time and then all the way up to 10 50 but you know we know how these things get going you get momentum but uh right now i'm holding it oh wow this thing got oh nelly if you're buying this at 1241 you're doing it wrong, <laughs> man. Holy macro. I didn't see that. See how it goes. Jumping, baby. Jumping. Yeah, I had a little bit, a little bit, a little bit too much uh, up there. That's a good target. Two yeah. bucks away if you want it. And then you got DWAC there too. That's up as well. DWAC. What do you think, Dennis? DWACking? You DWACking it today? No, no, man. This is just not for me. Not um, for me. I know either, social man. and I know the Trump social. And this will move along with Trump news. Obviously, if he gets arrested, that could be a different story here. The indictment, I guess they're applauding that it wasn't didn't seem that bad, the indictment. So mm -hmm. I you know it's up, you know, think logically he gets indicted, it probably goes down, but that's not the case. I guess they were expecting worse. So it's actually a relief rally here in DWAC. Yeah, hard hard to read the tea leaves on that. Oh my goodness, sure. really tough. Impossible. I just that's, that's, that's above our pay. This is a tough stock to trade. Yeah, it's a tough one there. Uh, interesting one showing up here. MGM. Sure. We haven't talked hmm. that one in a while. What's MGM doing up here? Let me take a look. Bensinger Pro, of course, to see if there's any news related to MGM this morning. This stock's near all-time highs. Like, we're talking hmm. six or seven bucks. Again, it's the thing people are doing things. You know, they don't mind going it's to like, concerts. And you see the price of this stuff? Like, I go to a hockey game, like, and it's like 200 bucks a ticket. I mean, you wow. go to, you know, a, a, like, we're going to um, uh, the Hamilton play in Toronto. Um, I think it's in May. I think it was like $350 a ticket. I mean, these are like people, like stuff seems like two to three times more than it should be. And then you go to the hockey Welcome game. To in inflation Station, it's $21 baby. a beer. <laughs> Not even like it comes to the tax is 21 bucks for a beer. It's like $19 plus tax. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, now, now you got to actually put that into the ticket price. And when you're going there, you're like, well, that's oh, what's happening. I'd rather yeah, sit in the yeah. boonies than. No, you can drink yeah, my you beer. Eat seats, but you still drop two hundred bucks when you're sitting in there because you drink four beers and then you know, <laughs> want to have a bite to eat. Hey, Dennis, Dennis, do what I did at the Notre Dame game. Yeah, you we're, sneaking we're, in those games. Look, look at Joe bringing in the whiskey underneath the the wraps. We know, almost like, got kicked out. We, we did. We, we got know. escorted out, so Joel, so you tell the story. There was, no, like, Joel, Joel always has to be the badass, eh? So he's got this little secret flask into the missing game. They can't drink in those things. He yeah. hands it to me, but we're wearing, so we're at the Notre Dame game. We're all blued up, blue, you know, oh, we're, we're, we're in, we're in the, 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 the dam, we're in the gear. So the whole entire crowd hates us already. So as soon as the flask comes out, everybody rats us out. So we get ratted out like literally five minutes into it. Then the, they escort us out of the section, and we're like, oh, we're getting kicked out literally one minute into the game. And you know what? The, but the, they, they allowed us just to dump it out. So you dumped the flask out into the garbage. And then yeah. we came back into the section, you, the whole section. You, you didn't ask to take a sip, did you? I know I uh, would have. I would have been like, at least a sip, man. At I, least you a know sip. what? I wish they would have kicked us out, Dennis, because we got annihilated. Oh, I yeah, know. You were, you were just proud <laughs> about that for, for like yeah. two years. Yeah, we got absolutely I'm annihilated. sure you left early. I'm sure you left early. You're like, yeah, me. If you're, if I'm on the visitor's side. It was a long and, and road, a long road home. But, you didn't uh, say anything the whole drive. You got to go home. Oh, man, just, you gotta go oh, home. I'm never gonna get over this. I'm never gonna get over this. <laughs> yeah, that was the Brady Hulk era. All right, folks, I'm gonna let they let you guys finish things up. Uh, ten up, ten and a half handles holding the game so far. Uh, the pre-market high zone is close to a March six high. That uh, 4100 psychological level. Um, on the downside, I mean, I haven't seen uh, much of unchanged yet. That's 4080. So. Uh, there's your support. So uh, everyone, uh, remember Monday, uh, go to premarketprep.com and sign up so you can get an alert. We got an all-star lineup, and uh, it's going to be a, a great a great Q, Q2 preview. So everyone, have a good day. All right, let's wrap up with some of these stocks here. Let me see if there's anything else showing up for me that stands out. Um, I do see EMPH up today. If the market can continue, will solar continue to rise? 
uh, yesterday pulled back. I'll take a look at it to see if it can get a little push today. But for some reason, I, I don't see as EMPH as being the one that I want to go after. But that's maybe me because I like, you know, more relative strength than a stock that's just hanging out at support, it, support, yeah, support. Yeah, and it didn't, it didn't, even yesterday's rally, Mitch, it started yeah. to fade here again. Exactly. The value trade is tough right now, too, just looking at the value stocks here. I mean, mm -hmm. there's one trade that continues to really work well, and it's the tech trade, the mega tech. Yeah. And that's, you know, to, to the tweet yep. from earlier. I mean, Microsoft making new, you know, yearly high here yesterday. NVIDIA touching and making a new high yesterday. Tesla's mm -hmm. still hanging out near the highs, not quite there. I mean, Apple making a new high yesterday. Meta trying to break out and make a new high yesterday. You can see the theme here. And then if you look at the other stocks and it's like, man, they just can't seem to get it going. So two tale of two markets here right now. Tech is yeah. winning and everything else is just not keeping up. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Definitely, we'll see if Netflix can continue to rise. That's been super been strong as of too. late. Just I do like Netflix. Move. Um, and as Netflix continues to run, maybe Disney gets a little bit of a push to Tesla up today. DG showing up right now. Dollar General. So going to keep an eye on to see if maybe some of these department stores can make a move. I was looking at Walmart recently also. Got an upgrade um, yesterday, I believe. That hasn't looked too bad as it's starting to climb back there too. Um, and then another one to look at is will Costco come back to 500? Um, of course, Costco likes to kind of move more on kind of the monthly period. So just be careful on that one. We'll see what happens. A lot of volatility in these names. And that's going to do it for our outlook today on Trade Zero. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero. Check out their extensive uh, short locates, of course. And if you guys want to check out the, their flagship software, get a discount for three months for free. Check it out, team. I'm throwing up the link right now. I'm going to wrap it up here. Any last comments for you, Dennis? I think you're going to see more here. chop here today. I mean, it's quiet trade right now. The number was good. The number is more food. It wouldn't surprise me. Remember the big thing, we're at the end of the quarter here too. The end of the quarter can go either way. Um, sometimes you see some strength into the end of the quarter here. We've already had a lot of strength though. So it's hard to just jump in here and say, yeah, we're going to be strong going in the end of the quarter. I'm going to buy stocks. I would have been a good trade three days ago. So we've kind of run here. We get towards, you know, this 407 on SPY, I would say, 407.45. Mm -hmm. If for whatever reason, the market opens, and they get all hot for the PC light number and, you know, they buy it up. I think you got, major resistance up about 20 points from here um but you know we're gonna see more chop here i just don't think we're going straight up i don't think we're going straight down i don't think in this market you need to chase the worst thing you do is panic and chase stocks yeah the fomo is definitely there i, I have the definitely FOMO say right that. now um, but I it's there wait and I on mean, depths to buy normally normally fomo moments aren't that moment to buy right let's just be honest right it's but, usually the uh, worst moment exactly to buy. that's true that's how you get caught yeah. in an uptrend and then all of a sudden you get washed out right there's a reason why uh people that trade momentum try to keep to those uh turns right because if you do get caught on the turns they're usually wipe out turns right so we got to be careful there we'll see what happens does the bank concerns come back in today? Um, it's still an uncertainty, right? I think I'm just watching kind of like the bigger banks, like JPM, Bank of America. And one thing I just see is they're just going sideways right now. Let's see yeah, what happens. Sideways. They're do all we, are. Do we this see is, like another cut through 28 are. on Bank of America? Things like this we'll be looking at. We'll have to wait and find out. The truth is nobody knows. That's the truth. And that's why I've been saying that I've been feeling a little out of tune, Dennis, because it's just the truth is there's so much uncertainty and overnight risk. That's where it gets really difficult. The Goldman trader said it the best, you know, it was three months ago. And he said, nobody can predict this market two days out here right now. We are yeah. still in that same market. And it is even more applies because there's so much just uncertainty. We don't know what the next headline is going to become. You know, and headlines matter. You know, people can say, look at the technicals. That's all that matters. Technicals didn't do any good on KRE. Maybe when it started breaking down, you knew something was wrong. But you could easily have gotten ahead of that if you were just looking at the headlines. Like, oh, we got some banking problems here. And you could obviously be making some money on the short side on the KRE as it started to go down. So I think you just got to, like, just be aware that we're still in a trading range. A lot of stocks are still moving sideways here. Tech, megatech is definitely in a bull market here. Um, so just be aware that there's different markets and different stocks here right now. You know, bull market in tech, bear market in the banks, you know, in the KRE for sure. It's still in a bear market. It hasn't even rallied at all. And then a sideways market overall. So tail of two markets. 
Definitely agree there. Just setting up a nice little title for our show today. And I definitely think it's something that we can talk about. It's a debate, right? What's more important right now, the bank situation or the tech run, right? These are all things that we need to pay attention to. And we'll find out what happens. Have a good one, Dennis. Go See do what you Mitch. do best. Have a good weekend, Enjoy everyone. Your weekend. Love, you, love you all, even the haters. We love you guys. <laughs> Always, man. No love, worries, the haters Dennis. make it interesting. That's what it's all about. All right, team. We're going to bring you now over to live trading. We'll see what we can get into. Uh, of course, it's not going to be easy. We are getting some up action. Will it continue? Find out, of course, on live trading with Lord Ryan from the headquarters coming up next. And, of course, catch me on Sunday as we dive deeper into Japanese candlestick charting techniques. You guys hear me talking about technicals. There's a reason why I rely on it. I've done a lot of studying into technicals. And I know that a lot of people wanted to hit me a little bit today on the stages of the Golden Cross. The truth is, is that look into Golden Crosses. Look at the prior experiences when this has worked, right? A lot of the times we do get a decline right at the signal. Then we get the uptrend. That's what I'm looking for in certain stocks. Apple just showed up a Golden Cross. Microsoft had a Golden Cross, right? Will Google do the same? Looking at these bigger techs, right? If we could continue getting them to climb the wall of worry, will tech continue to climb? Find out. Come over to live trading and find out what we see in the market today.